remind us we are not in competition with anybody else and God's love for you is not based on what he gives you based on what he gives somebody else God loves you because he loves you and God's love for us has nothing to do with our performance has everything to do with God's nature so don't stack yourself up or don't view yourself based on how you relate to somebody else who you think is in the same place as you With constant access to social media, it's no wonder that so many people struggle with comparing themselves to others. Sadly, judging yourself in this way steals your joy and breeds dissatisfaction. In today's edition of Jesus is Real Radio, Pastor Daniel reminds you that God doesn't compare you to others, and so you shouldn't either. His good gifts are based on His character and for your good and to bless those around you. Now, here's Pastor Daniel in Numbers chapter 7 as he continues his message, Gifts for God. Look at what happens. In in verse 2, the leaders of Israel and the heads of their father's houses, who were leaders of the tribe, and over those who were numbered, made an offering. Now, we met all of these folks in chapters 1 and 2. So if you, if you missed the names or you're looking for good baby names, go back to chapter 1 and 2. You get a whole list of names, boy names. You don't want, well, you can name the girls the boy names too if you want to. We're in that kind of a culture, no problem, right? And so, so there's a whole list of names. So each one of them, they begin to bring offerings, right? And if you notice, the offering is carts and cattle, Carts and cattle. So the idea, now remember, all of these carts and cattle, because the Levite's job was to be able to break down the tabernacle and move it to wherever they're going. They haven't come to a settled place. They're still pilgrims at this point. And you guys know that they're going to be traveling in the wilderness for 40 years before they actually make it into the promised land. So these cattle and these carts were designed to be able to transport the tabernacle, and all the stuff that goes along with it. And so the Levites need this help. And when they break down the carts and the cattle, what you find, of course, is that one of the tribes didn't get any. Why? Because for the most holy things, they weren't allowed to go on carts. Do you remember that? How Gershon and Meri and Kohath, they all had, there was a division of labor. And the Kohathites were only allowed to actually carry the Ark of the Covenant. They were only allowed to carry all the things that were in the holy place. And so it's amazing because they didn't get any carts. Now, if that was 21st century, they'd be like, I can't believe God doesn't love the Kohathites. He didn't give them any carts or cattle. And he made them carry that stuff. I mean, where's the help? Where's the love? Now, what do you learn from that? Is that God does not have kind of an even Stephen view of how things should be dispersed. God says, look, I'm going to give everyone according to their, what does it say? To their service. According to their service. According to their need. So what does that teach us? We shouldn't compare ourselves with each other. 
Paul in the church in Corinth, the first letter says, they who judge themselves by themselves are what? They're not wise. See, we choose to define ourselves based on how we're stacking up next to the next person or our peer group, but God doesn't view us that way. God provides for each one according to their service, according to the work that they're doing. And the Kohathites, they didn't need oxen and they didn't need carts because God said, look, that stuff that you're carrying is so holy, I don't even want it to go on a cart. You get the privilege of bearing that burden on your own. Now, I bring that up because I am sure that in our lives, we are struggling with areas of our life because we're like, well, why does that person get that? What about me, Lord? They're such a scoundrel and you're blessing them. And I'm so good, even though I'm judging the snot out of them. And, you know, I'm so good. And what do I get? And they get carts and oxen and I got to carry this stuff all by my own. They got a, they got a golf caddy. I got to carry my own bag. We do that, don't we? We do that. Because that's the way we are. But God wants to remind us, we are not in competition with anybody else. And God's love for you is not based on what he gives you, based on what he gives somebody else. God loves you because he loves you. And God's love for us has nothing to do with our performance, has everything to do with God's nature. So don't stack yourself up or don't View yourself based on how you relate to somebody else who you think is in the same place as you. God gives to each one according to their service. Each one of the Levitical tribes needed a different amount of carts given what they were asked to do by God. And God provides each one with exactly what they need. So what I want to encourage you to do is that when you find yourself looking at someone else and be like, oh, why do they get that? And they get that. And what's up with that? You just got to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Lord, I just want to rejoice in what you've given me. And Lord, help me to be faithful to the service you've asked of me. And if we can do that, it takes away all the competition. And then you can rejoice with people who rejoice. Why? Because the reason we don't rejoice with people who rejoice oftentimes is because we're embittered that we're not getting what they're getting. Can we just admit we do that? One of the, the most profound examples of that for me, I may have told it before, I don't remember, when I was a pastor in New Jersey, there was these two gals and they were prayer partners and they were both were having a hard time getting pregnant, right? And so they were, they were like prayer sisters. They would get together and we would pray for them and they were trying, they're trying, they're trying, trying. And sure enough, all of a sudden one day, one of the gals came in and she had like the pregnancy glow. You know, before the pregnancy, you know, green thing that goes on. You know, the morning, it was like, it was like you just found out and even if you were a little morning sick, you didn't even care because you're so excited. And she came into church and she was just beaming. And the other girl, I'll never forget it because I was, I was watching the other girl just got white as a ghost, started crying and just left, right? And that's like a, a kind of a normal reaction, right? But what happened was, of course, as God always has a tendency to do, about three months later, the other girl got pregnant. And then you know what she did? She apologized to the first girl. She said, I didn't rejoice with you because... I was too busy thinking, why did you get pregnant and not me? When I should have just been happy for you because your timing is different from my timing. How often do we miss out on rejoicing with somebody because we feel that they got something we deserved? And when the Bible says that we should rejoice with those who rejoice, we can do that when our identity is not tied to us living up to some standard that God is doing in someone else's life. You could imagine if 
the Levitical tribes were not careful. They'd be like, well, he got six and he got four and I got, he got none, you know? God must really love that guy and really doesn't love that. They've got to carry it at themselves. But that had nothing to do. God was distributing what was needed, each according to their service. Each one according to their service. And, you know, if you think about it, the tribe of Kohath in verse 9, who gets known, they, they're also the ones who are blessed with the most holy things. And sometimes when God has given you something special, the burden is a little heavier. That's okay. That's okay. It's okay that the tribe of Kohath, they, they got to carry the Ark of the Covenant. Now, how many of you guys remember the story when the guy died because he tried to prop up the Ark of the Covenant on the cart? Yeah, you remember that story, don't you? People say, I can't believe, remember, they found the Ark of the Covenant, they were trying to bring it to Jerusalem, and the guy tried, the cart kind of, saw, and a guy touched it. And he died right there. He's like, I can't believe God would do it. It was never supposed to be on a cart in the first place. God didn't design it to go on a cart. He designed it to be carried by people. Why? You know why, right? Because the Ark of the Covenant is a picture of who? Jesus. Jesus. The whole thing's a picture of Jesus. And when, if you could just stick Jesus on a cart, it means that you can make it easier for Jesus. It's the same sin that Satan tried to make Jesus commit when he said, look, man, I'll give you all, I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. Just bow down and worship me. And Jesus is like, no. Why? Because what's Satan trying to say? He's like, I'll give you the kingdoms without the cross. I'll give it to you now. Jesus knew he was the king of kings and lord of lords. He knew that the only way to the crown was through the cross. And Satan's like, no, no, no. I'll give you the easy way out. You can take a shortcut. I'll give it to you now. There's going to be no being forsaken by God. There's going to be no death on the cross. None of that stuff. I'll just give it to you right now. And oftentimes, we want to take the easy route, don't we? Because it's easy. I mean, who wants to take the hard route, right? Who wants to be the person blazing the trail where no one's gone before? We just want to be on the nice, through the wide gate, on the easy road. Everyone's on it. It's fun. But it leads to where? destruction. So God said, I don't want the Ark of the Covenant on a cart anyway, but they did it. They weren't heeding the voice of the Lord in his word. So think about it. That's all just the setup. Look what happens in verse 10. It says, now the leaders offered the dedication offering for the altar when it was anointed. So the leaders offered their offering before the altar. For the Lord said to Moses, verse 11, they shall offer their offering one leader each day for the dedication of the altar. So what you have now is that there is a dedication offering for the tabernacle. And this is going to be a long, drawn out procession. One leader per day bringing their gift. Now, starting in verse 12 and going all the way to verse 83, we're going to see the offering. So I'm going to read them all to you. So I want you to read along with me. If, uh, if I pass out, someone just start crying out out there. It's a long passage. Now here's the deal, though. If anyone falls asleep, it's the one time I'll give you the opportunity to slap the person next to you if they fall asleep in church. <laughs> but you'll slap. It's a love slap. It's tough love. But, but no, seriously, because what you're going to find is as I read this, you're going to keep hearing the same things over and over and over again in almost the exact same language with just like one or two words different. But because I believe God's word's got power and I got in trouble for this before, I'm not going to skip over it unless you guys think I'm unspiritual. 
Okay? So everybody read along. Picking up in verse 12, it says this. And the one who offered his offering on the first day was Nashon, the son of Amminadab, from the tribe of Judah. His offering was one silver platter, the rate of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels, full of incense, one young bull, one ram, one male lamb, in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and for the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in the first year. This was the offering of Nashon, the son of Amminadab. Verse 18, on the second day, Nethanel, the son of Zaur, leader of Issachar, presented an offering. For his offering, he offered one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour, mixed with oil as a grain offering. One gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in the first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in the first year. This was the offering of Nethanel, the son of Zuar. Verse 24. On the third day, Eliab, the son of Helon, leader of the children of Zebulun, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels and one silver bowl of 70 shekels according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering and for the sacrifice of the peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats and five male lambs in the first year, this was the offering of Eliab, the son of Helon. You guys having fun? Should I keep going? Okay, we'll keep going. Verse 30. As I strolled to stay awake, on the first day, Eliezer, the son of Shedeur, leader of the children of Reuben, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour, mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels, full of incense, one young bull, one ram, one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offering, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Eleazar, the son of Shedeur. Verse 36, on the fifth day, Shalumiel, the son of Jerusadai, I really like those names. The longer, the better for me. I like them. That's not in the Bible, sorry. Side commentary. Leader of the children of Simeon, verse 36, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was? 130 shekels. You guys are getting it. One silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering. One gold pan of 10 shekels. We're having fun now, full of incense. One young bull, one male, one ram, one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering. One kid of the goats as a sin offering and as the sacrifice of a peace offering, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in the first year. This was the offering of Shalumiel, the son of Zerusadai. 
Verse 42, on the sixth day, Elisaphath, the son of Deuel, leader of the children of Gad, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter to the weight of which was 130 shekels and one silver bowl on 70 shekels according to the shekel of the sanctuary. Both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering. One gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Elisaphat, the son of Deuel. On the seventh day, this is verse 48, Elishama, the son of Amahud, the leader of the children of Ephraim, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter of the way to which you always want to make a song out of this, don't you? But I'm going to keep going. Where was I? I got lost. I'm going to start at the beginning again. No, just kidding. <laughs> Verse 49. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour, mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels, full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb, in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and the five male lambs in the first year. This was the offering of Elishema, the son of Amihud. Verse 54, on the eighth day, Gamaliel, the son of Pedazur, leader of the children of Manasseh, presented an offering. His offering was one silver... <laughs> I, don't, I often don't run out of words. I'm getting tired here. Okay. Verse 55. One, his offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in its first year. This was the offering of Gamaliel, the son of Pedazur. Verse 60, on the ninth day, Abidan, the son of Gedeoni, which you got to like, that's an Italian version of Gideon. Sorry. Sorry. Leader of the children of Benjamin presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary. Both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering. One gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense. One young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in his first year as a burnt offering. One kid of the goats as a sin offering. And as the sacrifice of peace offerings, let me guess, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in the first year, this was the offering of Abidon, the son of Gideoni. Now, if there was ever a time you wish you had tag team preaching, it's probably about right now. I just tap a guy out. Come on out, I'm tired. Verse 66, on the 10th day, Ahazir, the son of Amidashabdai, leader of the children of Dan, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, two oxen, five rams, and five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year, this was the offering of Ahazer, the son of Aminashadai. 
Verse 72, on the 11th day, Pagiel, the son of Akran, leader of the children of Asher, presented an offering. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one male lamb in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offering, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Pagael, the son of Akron. And now, praise the Lord on verse 78, on the twelfth and final day. It doesn't say final in there. Ahira, the son of Enon, you're going to help me with this one, leader of the children of Naphtali, presented an offering. Come on. His offering was one silver platter, the weight of which was 130 shekels, and one silver bowl of 70 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, both of them full of fine flour mixed with oil. I didn't understand what you guys just said. Well, (laughs) as a grain offering, one gold pan of 10 shekels full of incense, one young bull, one ram, and one in its first year as a burnt offering, one kid of the goats as a sin offering, and as the sacrifice of peace offerings, go for it, two oxen, five rams, five male goats, and five male lambs in their first year. This was the offering of Ahira, the son of Anon. Bam! There we go. Now, what's great is you're never going to forget all these offerings, right? You're just going to find yourself walking down the street and be like, 130 shekels? And anyway. (laughs) Now, we met all of the leaders of the tribes in chapters 1 and 2, and now that I've read all of them, you realize that every single tribe gave the exact same offering. There is not one deviation in that entire list. Each one of the 12 tribes gave the exact same offering. Jesus is Thanks for joining us as we continued through this series called Camp. Today, Pastor Daniel continued in number seven, sharing that most people would take the easy way if given the opportunity. But when it comes to your walk with God, following the wide and easy path through life will lead to your destruction. You also discovered that though each tribe had different roles in the camp, they all gave the exact same offering to the Lord. Hey everybody, Pastor Daniel here. Thanks for joining me on Jesus is Real Radio. I realize that not all of you who listen are followers of Jesus, but I actually believe that there are many of you right now as you've been listening, you're saying, I want to put my faith and trust in Jesus. I want his death and resurrection to be applied to my life. And if that's you, I want you to pray this prayer with me, which is just saying thank you to Jesus for saving you. Let's go ahead. Repeat this prayer after me. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. Thank you for saving me. I believe in you, your life your death on the cross, and your resurrection. Forgive me of my sins. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. And I ask it in Jesus' name, amen. If you just prayed that prayer, I'm so stoked for you. And I want to get some more resources in your hands to help you continue this journey. So pull out your mobile phone, text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 
And we'll get some resources into your hands. Now, don't go anywhere. Some folks from my team want to share some amazing things with you. Thanks, Daniel. Again, if you just prayed that prayer with Pastor Daniel, take out your cell phone and text the word SAVED, S-A-V-E-D, to 51400. We'd love to get some resources into your hands, and the Crossroads team wants to connect with you. Place a marker in your Bibles and join us next time as Pastor Daniel shares that God wants everyone to give him the same offering. You'll discover that like the Israelites, each person has a different role, but God wants you to give your everyday eating and breathing, walking and working life to him. Pastor Daniel will encourage you to offer yourself in service to the only one who can hold you together and give you hope. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. On behalf of Pastor Daniel and the entire production team, we invite you to join us again for the next edition of Jesus is Real Radio.